Okay, Coach, as an elite athlete in your great playing days, what was your best vertical? My vertical is a, a yellow pages. <laughs> that is it. I don't buy Will Chamberlain at 48, Jack. No, he was no. already 7'2". <laughs> um, but uh, anything, to be honest, though, like I said, it, that's probably the most cheated on test of all of it because guys have, have, have worked on this technique where they kind of lock their shoulder blade down <laughs> and they don't reach as high. But anything even approaching 40 is big time. I mean, think about it. You get no run. And you're jumping over three feet high. Yeah, uh, I mean that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Well, and 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 the thing with the amazing with Trey is, you know, he only had two steps, and he got. I, I don't know. Did you measure it? Like, what, did you stop the tape? How high did he get up there? Well, the thing we saw on Twitter, I mean, it did say that he did block it at ten feet six, but he blocked it with his elbow. Yeah. So to be honest, that's probably another. I mean, a full. I mean, approximately, I think he could have been up there around 11.6. I really do. Wow. So uh, that was pretty impressive. It, it really was impressive. And I mentioned off the top, that, that game just had a playoff feel to it. A lot of the guys were talking about that after the game. How about from your perspective? Well, it was a big game. I mean, uh, you tried not to put too much importance on any one game. Um, you knew they were a great team, and uh, they came in um, – playing for respect and and I think they feel pretty good about themselves and they should they got a great team um, and they definitely I think came in with a, a great plan having a bye week and having a lot of different things um, both offense defensively and special teams and and it was a battle I mean like you said it was one of those that I mean never felt like we were really going to win and then we just found a way and all of a sudden uh, here we are blocking a kick and taking a knee and uh, it felt pretty good mm. Well, I got to be honest, I listened to your halftime interview with Dave Rowe, and, and you, you weren't real happy with the boys. You were a little critical of the of the team's performance in the first half. Now, I, are you a coach that goes in and kicks garbage cans? Did you uh, tear a strip off the, the wall, or, or what, was your, what was your message to the boys at halftime? I I barely remember because I'm pretty just straight up who I am. So like nothing scripted for me. Like I just go ahead and tell them how I feel and whether they like it or not. Um, you know I did. You know I wanted a little bit more. Uh, I wanted a little bit more hustle. I wanted some some uh, a little bit better tackling. I wanted uh, a little bit more courage on certain certain things. You know. So I, I did. I definitely wanted them to, to up their game and the other team looked faster and hungrier and. You know, for me, I do live by this thing, and they know it. I say that the score will take care of itself. I basically at halftime say, guys, I don't care about the score. We need to play better. We need to show show up. we got to show heart, and we got to make sure that we, we bring it. And they did, so they responded well. I, I think I know your answer to this next question, but, you know, some people suggested it was a statement game because they were the best team in the league. And, you know, some people are not giving the Calgary Stampeders a lot of respect this year. Um, do you think it was a statement game? I don't know. I mean, I I definitely don't get involved in that. I do think that um, when you can beat the best teams in the league, you're you're making progress. So, you know, they're they were the best team because they were nine and two. Now they're nine and three. So that means they're right there with the peg. And and we're eight and four. So we're still climbing. But um, you know, we do believe we have an advantage at McMahon. We another great crowd, another loud crowd. Um, we needed it. Um, we also, though, I think we are a little bit right now. Uh, our team, we're, we're, we're not sharp. We're just, we just got a lot of heart. Uh, are we playing that great? Are, are I seeing great play on the field? I don't know. Sometimes, a lot of times, though, it's just 
uh, seems like my guys are, are just working as hard as they can and giving it everything they got, and we're finding a way to win. But I think there's tons of areas to improve. Um, but I like where we're at. I definitely think eight and four is uh, a perfect spot for us, and and hopefully we can get her done and, and try to finish first in the West. Well, and, and that's the beauty because you know you, you that was your game in hand on Winnipeg. You have basically you know closed the gap. You're a game back. You know tied with Saskatchewan at eight and four, and you play Saskatchewan and you play Winnipeg twice. So you. You really do control your own destiny if, if you if you want to finish in first place. We do. It doesn't sound easy though. When <laughs> no, you're playing it a, a nine and three team twice and another eight and four team, and uh, we got Montreal in there. Obviously, they're still uh, I don't know. Maybe they're six and six, something like that. Uh, so we know we've got a tough schedule on there. BC's playing better too, even though obviously they only got two wins. That's what we feel like this week too is. Uh, Toronto really has given people fits lately. Um, gave Hamilton everything they wanted. Obviously, got after Ottawa. So I, I don't think there's anything easy about this week at all. In fact, again, they're on a bye week, so they should have lots of time and rest, and, and they should have a good plan against us. We'll be on a six-day week traveling east, um, approaching a bye. So you know, sometimes that can mess with your mind. We really got a lot of hurdles we're going to have to overcome to win this game. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, back to uh, Saturday just for a second because I know it's going to come up in the text line. Uh, losing Corey Greenwood, that, that was a big hit. And, you know, that did set you back a little bit. Dwayne Norman also goes down that linebacking core. Um, you know, right now you're, you're a little short in that, uh, that position. You don't have anybody on the practice roster that can come in and fill in linebacker. I guess, first of all, uh, any update on those two athletes? Uh, nothing uh, at this stage, but I mean, you were in my office there and I said, I got to play a few more linebackers because uh, they're so good on special teams. And, and Dwayne got knocked out on the very first one. And then Corey had that got a great hit and uh, he's just not feeling right right now. I mean, he's, he's got a little bit of a, a shoulder. Um, I don't think it's certainly anything too major, but you never know when it's been back to back games. So, um, you know, hopefully Dwayne's good. We haven't had him back in here, but uh, that was he took a big shot in the side of the head, and uh, we right away lost two uh, quality special teamers and and our big body linebackers. And Winter McManus is now playing out of position, and uh, yeah, it was a challenge, and you could tell too because we weren't uh, sharp with our eyes and, and getting it done. But we stepped up. Both Winton and Nate played a ton and a ton of special teams, and 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 certainly did a good job. And, of course, their passport is important, too, because they're, they're Canadian players, uh, national players, and, and that's another issue. And uh, when's the trade deadline? And last week you told us you're, you're not going to expand your practice roster until after the bye week. But, you know, d- does, this, does this force you to, to, to go out and get a few more bodies? Well, we're going to grab a Canadian for sure. Uh, we're in the process of doing that, and we've got an agreed-upon deal, but no, no one here yet. And uh, we need we need kind of that linebacker type of body, a guy that we think can do a good job on special teams. Um, as far as uh, American linebacker, we'll see. I mean, we've got a few feelers out there as well. Uh, we're still fighting at our DN position as well. We're still we brought in a new guy last week. Looked pretty good, but uh, he unfortunately hurt his thumb in practice. So. Um, you know that was kind of a downer. So we're still still fighting, and receivers still some options are out there. I, I think obviously uh, I thought we upped our game, but I'd like to see some other guys besides Eric and Reggie. Uh, you know, hit the big numbers. And sometimes that's opportunity, but also I want to see some guys step up. Of course, the trade deadline is uh, not until I believe October 9th, But uh, you don't see a lot of trades in the Canadian Football League, do you, Coach? 
Not a ton, no. Um, you know, most of them teams think they're still alive too, but you know, there's a possibility that might not be the case this year. There actually might be some movement. Be interesting to see with the salary cap. I think most of us overshot a little bit, meaning that we thought the cap would be a little higher than it is. So it's not like anyone has a ton of money um, uh, just waiting there to try to sign guys. Uh, so that will make it tougher as well. Uh, it is nice to add a piece. I mean, to be honest, all those years we've had the good luck right at the end. We've added a couple pieces. I mean, we did. We added Cordero Law a couple years ago. Uh, last year, a few guys. Obviously, Greenwood was huge, and then adding the receivers, both Bakari and and uh, Chris Matthews. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to add a piece or two. So um, we'll see if we can get her done. Head coach Dave Dickinson joins us here on Sports Talk with Jock after every single Stampeder game. The Stampeders coming off that big win over Hamilton, of course, on the weekend. 19-18, it was a barn burner for sure. Calgary Stampeders now 8-4 and four on the season. So, Coach, the first question comes through an email from Dale Rasmussen, and Dale says, can you ask the coach why Bo was the quarterback for short yardage plays on Saturday instead of Nick Arbuckle was Nick Hurt? No, no, all good. It's just I didn't substitute personnel. Um, so sometimes we get in substitute like big guys in there. The other team substitutes their big guys in there, and sometimes it can be a little tougher sledding. So we had a couple, couple thoughts, a couple plays that we we wanted to do. So we we were able to execute, and the guys did well. Um, it wasn't easy sledding, but we definitely did well and got the first downs. Okay, there you go. Appreciate the question, Dale. Uh, this one comes from Bill Finnell. Bill says, uh, "Would you appreciate asking the coach uh, uh, on your program this evening uh, plans for upgrading your Canadian receivers?" Uh, Bill says it's been tough, especially since the injury to Juwan Breskison. Your thoughts on the Canadian boys? Yeah, I think Richie's close, so that's a good thing. Um, uh, we'll see. I mean, if he has a as a son or something that's a pretty damn good athlete, we could take a look at him. But, uh, you know, there's not like there's tons of guys out there. I mean, we, we feel like other teams are playing a lot of Canadian wideouts as well, so we like our guys. we got to make them better. we got to make sure we give them opportunities to go and make them better. And, of course, most of your young guys, and young is the key word because, you know, Herjie Mayala is very young, Colton Unchek's very young. You you just go down the list, Coach. They're all three rookies. Yeah, I mean, because exactly. Klukes was here for a bit, but they're all three rookies. And the other thing you're trying to do is they have to make sure they're backing guys up. Um, you know, Andre Salgado uh, came in a little bit too, and uh, he's a first year, but um, we feel like we've got we've got guys that can still play. Uh, sometimes it's as much as anything as the quarterbacks having confidence and letting the ball rip and 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 believing that they're going to get open. I mean, um, it is. Yeah, you're right. We we were a little lost, uh, a little bit of our size, a little bit of our, I guess to me, yak. I think Bresk was pretty special though. I mean, he was a guy that um, certainly. I thought was as good as any of our Americans, so it wasn't that uh, we're going to be able to replace him. I mean, that's that was a guy that we targeted to, to have the big year, and it just unfortunately was going to happen, but he got hurt. So, yeah, it was a big loss for us. Uh, Mike weighs in on the text line, and, and Mike says, uh, what did you think of the Shinomi Lawrence uh, play where he, uh, this is Mike's words, uh, tried to deliberately uh, you know, injure one of your players' ankles? Uh, I thought it was petty. I thought it was obvious. should be disciplined. Uh, you send that one to the league or anything, Coach? Yeah, I mean, it, it was... It's already in there. I mean, I don't comment too much on that stuff. I mean, I do think he's a good football player. Every, every one of us knows that, so probably doesn't need to do that stuff. But, you know, things can happen, but let the league handle it. Obviously, uh, uh, when he plays, he's got 
a lot of heart, but he also probably does push the envelope a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this one comes from Kevin, and Kevin says, uh, what about Daniel Braverman? Uh, he uh, he had a good uh, training camp, good uh, uh, preseason. Uh, any thoughts of getting him into the lineup? Yeah, thoughts. I talked to him. I don't want to be a tease and just keep saying, hey, be ready, be ready. <laughs> um, I do think both him and Aaron Peck are pushing, and we just don't know. Um very patient, though, and they're working hard. And, you know, the good thing on our team is Reggie Bagleton, Kamar Jordan, both had to really put a long time of, you know, practice roster and frustration in. And when they got their chance, it wasn't like the first game was huge. It did, they just built into something. And you can kind of see the blueprint. You can kind of see where we're going with things. So if the guys listen to the leaders in the locker room and, and believe in them, they'll, they'll understand that, yeah, there is maybe a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Both both those guys – um Working extremely hard in our receiving core, uh, uh, trying to get on the field, and we'll just have to see what the lineup uh, comes out for this game. John wants to know about your global players, uh, Salgado and uh, Robo. Uh, um, do they play much? Uh, ask John, and uh, just your thoughts on the on the global uh, uh, experiment. Yeah, I think Andres has uh, been solid. I think he's more than capable. Robo only got in the one game. We thought he might be uh, really a good help on special teams. He looks pretty good at running back, too. He's good in protections. Uh, he doesn't look out of place at all. Uh, but he but he popped a hammy, um, so he's back practicing now. Uh, just kind of tweaked it. So, but you know, one of the abilities that we I guess love around here is availability, and uh, you got to be ready to go. And then our other uh, offensive lineman, G, we he's been working hard. He was a D lineman coming out of Mexico, and uh, you know what though, the guys love him. He's he's he plays both ways on our scout team, D line and O line. Working hard. It's definitely been a huge transition for him, but I think he is getting better, and um, I think it's been a success. I mean, we we obviously uh, got to keep rolling and get keep working on it. The the main thing that bugs me is that I really believe the global players should be a wild card, meaning they should be able to play for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they should be, um, and you know, just because you know, that's that that makes sense to me. We're we're trying to make it a global league. Uh, don't make them just have to replace an American. That's that's something that I don't think was thought through enough when we had the CBA. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's bring Tammy into the conversation. Hey, Tammy, welcome to Sports Talk with Jock. You're on the air with Coach Dickinson. Hi, Jock. Hi, hey, Dave. Tammy. Oh, there's a familiar yeah, voice. You got that right. <laughs> Congratulations, first of all, on an amazing comeback win on Saturday. It was fun to watch. Thank you, thank you. And how was your game out there at McMahon on Sunday? Well, she stacked well, was, the team. She stacked fan- the team. <laughs> It was fantastic, too, and I just wanted to say a kudos to you because of your team. Um, a lot of your players, even though they had the day off Sunday, came out to support the cause. So that starts with the leaders, so thank you very much, although we missed you out there, but uh, your guys stepped up and did a fabulous job. We, we saw you out there, and what a day, because you've had crappy weather for two of those in a row. So um, Exactly. I didn't an have to day. with me. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. We, we got to make fun of Josh Bell, though, because he got burned a couple of times on the defensive side of the ball, Coach, just so you know. He's out of he's, he can't handle it. He can't hang anymore. Huh? That's interesting. Oh, oh, but don't tell him that because he, he was trying. Sorry, it's been said. You can't bring it back. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much and keep up the good work.
Okay, Tammy, thanks for calling. Yeah, that's uh, Tammy, and of course she was a big sponsor of the uh, uh, Rob Maver Guts and Glory event yesterday. I got to see that yesterday at McMahon Stadium. It is a super event, and uh, yeah, your players did uh, represent nicely. Okay, before I let you go, Coach, maybe just uh, a quick thought on the on the Toronto Argonauts. They're up next Friday night. You don't play again at home until October the 11th. That's when your brother brings his uh, team to the uh, uh, to the stadium. But uh, let's look at uh, Toronto right now because, as you say, you know their their record probably doesn't indicate exactly what that team is all about. And just uh, your thoughts on McLeod Bethel Thompson as he is carrying the load now. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, you know, he's kind of collateral trade. Don't know he's talking about it. Uh, whether he's ready to play or not, I don't know. But uh, he has been outstanding. I mean, he's basically going 400 plus every game. Um, seems to me like they've got their system down now. They've got good balance. Uh, defensively, they're playing really hard, causing turnovers, scoring. I mean, they scored twice last week. Uh, they haven't threw in the towel one bit, and I think that's always important. You have to know what type of team you are, and if, if you're having a real tough year and you're just throwing in the towel, you know, you probably should find a new job. But watching the tape, they're they're still playing extremely hard. They got a ton of talent. They just were, you know, couldn't get out of their own way early in the year, and that was uh, basically uh, indicated in our game as well. We had a lot of turnovers; they had more, and so we think it's going to be a dogfight. And we've never. Uh, went into Toronto uh, feeling overconfident. We shouldn't do that again. It's been a tough place for us to win. We've had better luck in the last few years. Um, we'd like to see if we can get there and, and, and go to the bye on a good on a good note. Coach, as always, great uh, show. Thanks for your time, and uh, we'll do it again next Monday night. Okay, guys. Take care. You betcha. Dave Dickinson, head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, the coach's show for Tom's House of Pizza. And, of course, that's where pizzas, uh, pizza lovers feel at home. Check them out at Tom's locations in Calgary and in Okotoks. When we come back, we're going to check in with our good friend Moses Wildew from Global Sports. This is 770 CHQR.